Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Blue Devils podcast. So great to have you here with us today. What a fun show we've got planned on this Friday as we get you set for the weekend on today's program. Matthew Travis from Busting Brackets will be a part of the program. One of my good friends back on Locked on Blue Devils. We're recapping the win over Virginia for Duke, getting you set for the weekend against the Syracuse Orange. Just three games left in the regular season for our Duke Blue Devils. If you haven't done so already, make sure you follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Leave us a five-star rating and review. It means the world when you take the time to do that. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Let's welcome in Matthew Travis from Busting Brackets. He's also a producer for the Field of 68 Podcast Network. Matt, how are you, man? I'm doing well. I hope you are. No doubt about that. Excited that uh, March is right around the corner. Just a few games left in the regular season. Before we get to sort of the Virginia game that just took place, kind of catch up since the last time you've been on the program. Had that epic win in Chapel Hill for the Duke Blue Devils. Kind of how have you been feeling about the second half of this ACC season? For Duke. I'm I'm feeling great. You mentioned the win at UNC there, and Duke looked incredible in that game. They've looked good in a handful of games, notably the obviously the UNC win and then um the win over Clemson. But Duke has looked really good. AJ Griffin has been great. We I, I keep saying that every time I come on here, but AJ Griffin is at times he's the best player on the court for Duke, which yeah. Is saying a lot, and we'll get into the Virginia game here in a second. But AJ Griffin, if Duke does win a national championship this year, I imagine in large part it will be because of AJ Griffin and his ability to not only shoot the three, but also get open and facilitate. And he he's just been doing a great job. And was a little let down with Paolo's performance against Virginia, but like I said, we'll get into that in a second. But I feel really good, and you said it there. We have three games left, Carrier Dome. Then we're on the road against Pittsburgh, which should be an easy win, <laughs> one would think. And then we're home for Coach K's last home game against UNC, so that'll be uh, sad but also exciting because it's the beginning of hopefully a national championship run and also an ACC championship run. I cannot wait to uh, get to that final game inside Cameron Indoor, but need two Duke victories before we get to that point. And, of course, you got to win that last game at home for Coach K to send him out on top, relatively speaking. And then the ultimate sending you out on top is winning that national championship that Duke uh, looks to uh, accomplish. So mentioning A.J. Griffin, also in the second half of the season, we had the three-game injury for Trevor Keels, and he's come back, came off the bench for a little bit, but now has found himself back in the starting lineup. I've talked about this on the program before, and uh, particularly on social media. When Trevor scores the basketball, good things happen. He has way too many, at the beginning of the season, inefficient nights shooting. He's done a really good job distributing the basketball along with Jeremy Roach. And the number for folks out there, if Trevor Keel scores 13 points at least, Duke has yet to lose a basketball game this season. He's also been vital to their success lately. 100%. 100%. I mean, Kiels is uh, against um, Virginia. He had a great game. He had 13 points, was five of eight shooting. So 
Gill's very, very overlooked on this team simply because of Paolo Boncaro. And then you have Wendell Moore has been playing great. And then also, like I mentioned, A.J. Griffin. And then you have Mark Williams, who is just always a presence. But Trevor Gills gets very un- overlooked, and which is good for us because he's able to find those shots and get in rhythm. But, I mean, against um, Virginia the other day, I'm looking at it now, he had the second most minutes on this team. Right. He was only behind Paolo, who had, had 37, and Keel said 36. So he, it, it's not like he's just not he, – he hasn't been playing, and that's why a lot of people don't realize how good he's been. He's playing a lot, and he's showing how good he's been. And last time I came on here, I was very um, critical of Jeremy Roach because that was right after the Florida State game, if I'm not mistaken. We were talking about how – he tried to take a charge, which made no sense. We ended up losing the game, but he played great against Virginia. He had 15 points with six of seven shooting and made all the all three of the three pointers he took. If we can get that kind of performance off the bench every night in, night out, there's not a single reason Duke should lose a game the rest of the season. Granted, that's a lot to ask for. 15 points off the bench from Roach and then six of seven shooting, but if he can keep doing that, Duke will be a very, very difficult team to beat simply because you have five starters who are capable of scoring for the most part from anywhere on the court. And then you have a guy coming in, Jeremy Roach, coming off the bench who is just like that in against Virginia, at least. And it, it, it's I'm, I'm very optimistic about where Duke is based on that Virginia game and based on the last few games as well. Before we get to our first break on today's program, let me get a thought from you, Matt, on the two Wake Forest games that we've seen so far this season. Because in the first game that Duke played against Wake Forest, Coach K did not make the trip over to Winston-Salem. He was sick. And then in the most recent game we saw uh, two weeks ago now at this point, Coach K was there for the first half and then had just absolute exhaustion he was talking about, was not a part of the second half. Duke wins by two points. They nearly made a three-quarter court shot at the buzzer, uh, did the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. But we've gotten an opportunity to see John Shire again back on the sideline for a few games for Duke. Hasn't lost this year, Shire, has it? <laughs> but, um, I, I, I was a little worried with uh, how the last Wake Forest game went down after Coach K left, because, um, like you said, because of ex- exhaustion. But that Duke won a close game. They've done that. They've shown the ability to win close games multiple times a season. They've also lost four close games that they should have won. But um, I mean, I mean, that's what it takes to win in March. You have to be able to win those nitty gritty games that come down to whether it be the last bucket or the last possession or whatever it is. And that's what I saw from Duke against Wake Forest last week. And uh, we'll see if that pays off, but would would it have been a lot more fun to win by thirty? Yes, yeah. <laughs> but that that doesn't really help you in the long run. We've seen teams like Gonzaga win all of their games by thirty, and then come March they struggle a little bit and they end up losing those close games because they don't have that experience of winning those close games. And Wake Forest isn't a bad team. Yes, they're not ranked, but. They're they're not a bad team, and Duke was able to pull out a win where maybe they maybe they should have lost, but they were able to win that game. And if they can keep that up, 
winning close games is so vital in March, and we've seen it from Duke, and most notably in this uh, Wake Forest game. The Duke Blue Devils men's basketball team, 24-4 and four on the season, currently ranked number seven in the AP poll with the game coming up tomorrow against Syracuse. Matthew Travis from Busting Brackets joining me on the pod. We'll talk about the win over Virginia right after this first break of today's program. Our show today here, Locked On Blue Devils, a new fun sponsor here with the network. March Madness is only a few weeks away. That means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual? Are you looking for the best? We've done our homework here, and we're running brackets with runyourpool.com. Along with standard brackets, runyourpool.com offers game types like Survivor or Pick X, both really fun in their own way. They have options to edit scoring, and they offer more intel to make your picks, all stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. If you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help you take some of that madness magic and play alongside your employees or even gain customers. Plus, they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you'll ever find. Clearly, we believe Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a big cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. Our podcast today brought to you by our fine friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar that there is. Here in the month of February, I'm thrilled about the fact that we're able to keep up with our New Year's resolutions about eating healthier, feeling great about our body and figure thanks to our friends over at Built Bar. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, you're making the best decision when you go with Built Bar. I'd like you to go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off at Built.com. Welcome back into Locked On Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson hanging out here with Matthew Travis from Busting Brackets and the Field of 68 Podcast Network producer. All right, so Duke wins on Wednesday night in Charlottesville by a score of 65-61. to 61. The meetings between Duke and Virginia have been absolutely epic. Going into the game, we talked about the fact that Duke and Virginia, six of the last seven meetings have been decided by three points or less. This one was decided by four, so it just barely missed that threshold, but Duke's able to walk away with a 65-61 win, and it was A.J. Griffin, of all people, that knocked down two big-time threes down the stretch for Duke. What would you think of the win? I mean, Coach K said it after the win, but Duke does not win that game if it's not for A.J. Griffin. He was so, so clutch at the end of that game and ended up having, what, 13 points, I believe. So we, I, I talked about it a little at the opening of this, but he's been so, so good. And if he can keep up this level of play, there's no reason Duke should de- – definitely not a reason they should lose in the regular season again with Virginia – uh, or sorry, with Syracuse, um, Carolina, and Pitt coming up, but also not a reason they should lose in the ACC tournament. And then 
if if he can keep that up, Duke is a very, very dangerous team come the NCAA tournament. But with about five minutes to go in that Virginia game, I believe it's a, it was after the Kihei Clark um, free throw or layup. It was about 55-53, I want to say, with about five to go. I thought we were going to lose that game. We we had we were never up a comfortable enough amount to comfortably say, okay, we're going to win this game. It's not a problem. Right. And we just let them hang around for way too long. And luckily we were able to win that game. Thankful to, uh, with thanks to AJ Griffin, but not, not a great game from Duke and only ended up having 65 points, a good game defensively, but that's what Virginia is known for taking long possessions and drawing out the game, making it longer than it probably, or, making it quicker than it should be, but um and Duke was able to win it after losing in Cameron Indoor just a couple weeks ago to Virginia. So um overall a good win, but it it, it was uh, a little stressful really the whole way. Yeah. And and in the last couple of minutes, AJ Griffin would make those big time three pointers for Duke. He would extend the lead from two to five. And then Virginia would immediately go back down and make a layup and make it a three-point game again. It's a one-possession game, and you're nervous. And, oh, my gosh, how is this going to uh, play out? And ultimately, it played out with the Blue Devil victory. So, A.J., three of seven from deep. He had 13 points. We mentioned Trevor Keels with 13 as well. Duke is undefeated when Trevor Keels scores at least 13 points. And Jeremy Roach had a team-high 15 points. He was sensational. And Duke, also like A.J. Griffin, doesn't win that game without Jeremy Roach. Not yeah, you said it perfectly. Jeremy, we talked about it earlier, but Jeremy Roach was fantastic, and we haven't really seen that out of him this year. That the fact, the ability for him to shoot six of seven and make all three of his three point attempts, and I, I said it at the beginning, if he can keep that up, there's not a reason Duke should lo- come close to losing any game, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, he was great. Paolo Boncaro had probably his worst game of the season. Only shot, only made two of his thirteen shot attempts, and finished with eight points and only what five rebounds, five assists, which is pretty good. But bad, bad offensive game from him. We Duke Duke needs him to be better if they want to run the table and be the ones watching one shining moment come March. But um, we'll see. I mean. Like you said, Duke was able to pull it out, and that's all that matters. And they got revenge over Virginia, and weird, both teams won on the road. But um, a win's a win, and hopefully they can start something after that with going into the tail leg of the season. Yeah, just three games left for Duke. Again, they win 65-61 over Virginia. And what a fun win it was for Duke. I saw this on Twitter. I want to make sure I give proper credit here. Brian Ives tweeted out after the game that the average score of the last 14 games between Duke and Virginia, Duke has averaged 65.9 and Virginia has averaged 64.4. 14 games, that is a huge sample size. The last 14 meetings, Duke and Virginia have only been separated on average by 1.5 points in favor of Duke. That just shows you how close this history has been between these two schools. And as I said a moment ago, we've got Duke and Virginia, who six of the last eight meetings at this point have been decided by three points or less, and that number 
uh, speaks to that for sure. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about Paulo though, because as you said, two of 13, not a very efficient night shooting for him. Five assists, he was sharing the basketball. But so far this season, Matt, there have only been two games where Paulo did not reach double figures in scoring. Both of those games happened to be against Virginia. I wonder if it's just a Virginia thing because we do need to give their defense credit or if if Paulo's hitting a wall here. I don't know what it is, uh, but uh, let's speak to that. Paulo has uh, definitely struggled against the Virginia Cavaliers. Fortunately, unless they meet in the ACC tournament, that's over and done with. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of tough to watch him because he played a team-high 37 minutes. He just couldn't get his shots to fall. Yeah, I mean, he he, he like you mentioned, he, he played well when he – was facilitating the ball and he he did a good job of grabbing rebounds but he just could not put the ball in the bucket and for a while there it looked like there was a uh, a lid on the rim but you mentioned it he he only has two two games under double figures he's had 10 in one game and 11 in another but those were Gardner Webb and Lafayette when he didn't really play as much because Duke was up a lot but um yeah, I, I I think it's more just a Virginia thing because if he's able to do put up 20 points, they're close to it night in and night out against everyone else. I I think it's just the fact that Virginia plays really good defense. And um, like I talked about a second ago, they, they take the entire 30 seconds for nearly every possession, <laughs> which makes it hard to score a lot because you're not getting the – ball as much and you could finish a half with only 40 possessions because they're using the entire shot clock but um I don't I don't I wouldn't say that's the sign of things to come I mean the game before he had 17 against Florida State so um I I I don't think that's a sign of things to come but it is cause for concern because he two of 13 is really really bad and Duke cannot have that if they want to be successful in March which they definitely do. They want to have success. They want to win the ACC tournament, want to win the national championship, of course. Uh, Duke gets set for Syracuse. We'll preview that game and a little bit more on the other side of our final break today. Football might be over, but basketball is in full steam, and March Madness is right around the corner. Let's talk about it all at betonline.net. It's the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season from the latest odds, totals, player performance props, and so much more. It's not just basketball, though. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Final segment, final few moments here today of Lockdown Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson hanging out with Matthew Travis from Busting Brackets in the Field of 68 Podcast Network. Talking all things Duke basketball, they take on Syracuse a little bit later uh, this weekend on Saturday. They'll take on the Orange up in New York. All right, already played Syracuse once this season at home in Cameron Indoor, and Duke dominated that game from start to finish. They had no issues against the zone. It was A.J. Griffin. We've talked about him a lot, but it was A.J. Griffin who made a couple of threes right as the game started to get Duke off to a quick lead, and they never really look back. Also, credit to the Duke defense because Buddy Beheim had one of his worst games ever. Joe Girard, their point guard, had one of his worst games 
of the season, shooting the basketball. Duke has had Syracuse number this season. Now you've just got to go and play in a tough place in the Carrier Dome. It's huge, and we've known that from over the years with these meetings. Uh, but uh, what do you think about this matchup? I mean, if it's anything like the last time Duke and Syracuse played, Duke should have no problem. That was one of the best games Duke has played all season, and they ended up winning 79-59. to 59. They had five players in double figures. Four of them had 15 points, and then Joey Baker had 11 off the bench. But that Duke played really, really well. That was one of Paolo's better games, too, because he went six for 11, but he had 15 points and 13 rebounds, and he had four assists to go with it. And you mentioned it there, A.J. Griffin at the start of that game looked like Steph Curry. Um, but if it's anything like that game, Duke might win this one by 30. Because uh, we saw it last time they won by 20 and really just did not give Syracuse any opportunity to win that game from the get-go. And hopefully, hopefully they play as well as they did against Florida State last week. Because um, Duke looked... Duke did look very good in that game and ended up winning by 18 points, putting up 88 points. But um, yeah, I, I think this is another game where Duke has an opportunity to really just continue the winning streak and feel good about um, where they are going into the final, going into March, because this is the last game before we get into March. But um, I, I don't see Duke struggling with this one. The Carrier Dome is a tough place to play, but. Syracuse is not very good this year, so I, I, I don't think their fans will be as energized as we have seen them in years past when this is a ranked matchup or Duke is number one in the nation and they are on the on the bubble for the tournament. But um, the, the atmosphere definitely will be a factor, but I, I don't think Duke will struggle if it's any uh, if the last game is any any indication of what's to come. All right, so Duke and Syracuse coming up tomorrow. I think the other thing is, is sharing the basketball is going to be so important for Duke. That's when they've played at their best this season. Going back and looking at that meeting, you mentioned uh, four players having 15 points and Baker had 11. A.J. Griffin, his 15 points, came on five, made three-pointers, all assisted three-point shots, might I add, as well. as In that game, Duke had 25 assists to 30 field goals made. This past weekend against Florida State, Duke had 25 assists to 32 field goals made. If they're sharing the basketball, it's a really fun team to watch when they're driving the lane, and they could find that. They found a couple of lobs, which might surprise people against that zone defense, but I'm thinking back to that game against Syracuse and their bigs. Mark Williams, Theo John Paulo had a couple of lobs right at the rim. If you can drive in, You've got the lob, or you can kick out to a three-point shooter. That's where Duke's at its best, when it's truly sharing the basketball, and you don't fall in to kind of ISO situations. Yeah, I mean, you said it there. Duke had 25 assists in that game. They looked really, really good, and they were doing whatever they could to find everyone else. Wendell Moore finished with eight assists. He had, he had a great game that game as well. But, yeah, I mean, sharing the basketball is vital. And Duke was able to do that, and we've seen it really all year. So if they can keep doing that, <laughs> it's a we. I'm I sound like a broken record at this point, but Duke will be a very very difficult team, and that's just the truth because 25 assists in a game is a lot. That's a lot, and Duke, we've seen them be um, 
do that a couple times this year, get close to that figure. And it, it, we, the last time I came on, I talked about the the chemistry this team has that we really haven't seen in recent years. And they're they're able to find the open the open player and get good shots up, and they've looked really good because of it. But um, yeah, I, I they I, I don't know how many they finished with against weight uh, against Virginia this past week or the, in the past assists, game. Yeah, they finished with how many? Sixteen. Sixteen. So I mean, even when we only finished with sixty-five points, sixteen assists is a lot. So um that that's definitely something to watch for in the Syracuse game and also against more so against UNC than Pitt because the Pitt game will be a little different than any other ACC <laughs> game but um yeah Duke, Duke has been done a really good job at sharing the basketball and hopefully they can keep it up going forward Duke men's basketball just three games left on the season Syracuse tomorrow last night we saw on the Jim Beheim radio show a funny moment where Mike Krzyzewski uh, called into the program. He called in as Mike from Durham, and uh, Beheim got a laugh out of that. I thought the audio was great. Obviously, they spent 11 seasons together, 11 years together, uh, working with Team USA Basketball with Coach K as the head coach and Jim Beheim as one of his top assistants. So they're the best of friends. Uh, their wives are really close, and their families are close, and Man, I just I can't wait to see this matchup one final time. Coach K's final trip to the Carrier Dome. And I'm with you, Matt. I think you have to like Duke's chances going into the game. And the other thing that it's important talking about here, because it hasn't happened in over a decade, Mike Krzyzewski has more ACC tournament championships than any head coach in the history of the conference. And we definitely hope that continues. I love winning the ACC tournament. But what hasn't happened in over a decade is Duke men's basketball win an ACC regular season title. And they're in the front. They're in the pole position with three games left, Notre Dame right behind them. But Duke's in a really good spot. And if they take care of business, Duke's going to be your ACC regular season champ. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason that Duke shouldn't win the ACC regular season. And it's crazy to think they haven't won it since 2010. 2010 or 2011? Right, 2010. 2010 crazy to think with all the players and teams that have come through notably the 2015 and 2018 19 teams but it duke like you said duke is in prime position uh really a throwaway game against pitt that should be a very very easy game to win but um looking at who notre dame has coming up they have to um they play against georgia tech which should also be a very easy win for them and then they are on the road against Florida State and at home against Pitt. So they will probably win all three of those. They could definitely go 2-1, drop the Florida State game. But, I mean, Duke controls their own destiny. There's no reason after seeing the last game when Syracuse came to Cameron Indoor, there's no reason Duke should lose to Syracuse. Pitt is one of the worst teams in Power 5 basketball. And then you're at home for UNC and it's Coach K's last game. So definitely a lot of motivation for the team to win, um, went out and then capture the first ACC regular season title in 12 years. All right. I went back and looked just a moment and uh, Duke 
the season high in assists is 25 that they had against Syracuse, against Florida State, and in a non-conference game against the Citadel, Duke had 25 assists as well. So I think if they continue to share the basketball, we're talking about winning the ACC regular season title. I think that is absolutely going to happen uh, for Duke with three games left. All right, that's going to do it for our show today. Again, Matthew Travis from Busting Brackets has been joining us here on the program. If, if someone's listening to the show, they didn't listen to us the first time we spoke, Matthew, what is Busting Brackets? What do you do over there? And uh, also, how can people find your work? Busting Brackets is the fan-sided college basketball site. We cover everything every single day. Um, I typically do three keys for Duke to win um, each game. I'll do that before games. And I cover the ACC as a whole. And then I go to Alabama, so I cover Alabama and the SEC as a whole as well. But um, definitely give them a follow if you aren't already. And then um, you can find me on Twitter at MatthewJTravis underscore. Appreciate the time as always, Matt. We'll do this again sometime soon, okay? Awesome. Thank you for having me. All right, that's Matthew Travis. He's joining us here today on Locked on Blue Devils. Make sure you check out the Locked on ACC podcast with Candace Cooper. A lot of awesome stuff going on over there. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you on Monday. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day. Good day.